into stay dangerous the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he didn't exist that's a great quote mostly because of how true it is the bible is clear we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities powers and the rulers of the darkness of this age i think we can all agree that we're living in a pretty dark age and it definitely has rulers and evil that is unseen by the human eye but it is real as our own flesh and blood. The truth is, whether you see it and whether you believe it or not, we're all engaged in a spiritual war. One that began long before we were born. And the goal of the enemy is to destroy you and your soul and that of everyone else you love. The worst part is that most humans don't even seem to know it's happening. How can you fight something with any hope of winning if you don't even believe it's there in the first place? The word Satan might sound to some like a fictional character, the boogeyman, so to speak. And that's exactly what he wants you to think to keep you out of the fight. Because if you knew that the devil really existed, if you saw him for even a moment face to face, what would you do? I suspect you'd instantly turn your life over to the creator of heaven and earth. You get in the fight and you join God on the winning team. Evil does exist. Satan is real and demons are real. And yes, there's a spiritual war going on right now as we sit here. We often don't see much value in ourselves, but ask yourself, how precious must the human soul be that God and Satan will go to war over it? You are special to God and Satan hates you for it and therefore is after your soul. There's a new movie out that addresses this in an exciting, deep, and sometimes terrifying way. It's called Nefarious. In many ways, it's a retelling of the C.S. Lewis classic, The Screwtape Letters. And it examines what happens when modern secular humans bump up against the dark reality of those principalities and powers. Because of course, what the devil never wants you to know is that he doesn't go away just because you don't believe in him. He's still there, hiding in the shadows of every human heart that he can get his claws into, working his evil on the world. One of the stars of that film is with us today. You may know Sean Patrick Flannery from a number of movies and TV shows he's been in, including his unforgettable performance in The Boondock Saints. In Nefarious, Sean delivers a haunting portrayal of a demon who has overtaken the body of a man and coerced him into a series of violent murders. If the devil has worked to convince you that he's not real, well, this performance will convince you otherwise. This performance was literally brilliant and should earn an Academy Award. I personally was blown away, so much so that I had to have Sean in the show, and I'm so honored that he's here with us today. Welcome, Sean. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. Uh, so, first of all, before we get into the show, uh, the nefarious and uh, spiritual warfare, because that's what we really want to talk to you about today, we have a lot in common. So, we're both in Louisiana, uh, which I, I didn't know that before you came on, so I thought that was super cool. Uh, and uh, we both live in Houston, and we're both fourth-degree black belts in jiu-jitsu and kind of passionate martial artists. And uh, 
I think we both uh, share a lot of common like core values, family values, and stuff like that. So, uh, what part of what part of Louisiana did you grow up in? Didn't grow up there. I spent okay. three years Lake okay. Charles, Louisiana, and uh, my dad was a scrub nurse when I was born. Okay. And uh, he got a job. Obviously, when my mom started having kids, um, my dad got a job selling disposable electrodes. They were, you know, four cents each. Okay. Selling them for General Electric. And so we had, we boogied out of Lake Charles to go to Houston. He was going to be located in Houston, but we had to stop in Dallas for six months for training. And, uh, uh, ended up in Houston where all my formative years were. One little detail about Dallas, man, when, uh, I don't know how this happened, but, uh, you know, the president of, of, of General Electric Medical had, front row, 50-yard line seats to the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know how it is. My dad was like the most brand new employee in the entire corporation, not even selling capital medical equipment, like disposables. And it must have been president, VP, you know, all of these heads of management. Finally, the tickets got down to my dad. While we were in Dallas, Texas, my dad got tickets, the 50-yard line, see the Dallas Cowboys. So I was, Tom Landry, uh, Roger Staubach, even though I'm here in Houston, I'm a Dallas Cowboy <laughs> fan because of that moment. <laughs> because of, you're yeah. still but, a Dallas Cowboy yes. fan. <laughs> but since three years old, you know, we've lived in Houston. So I went to University of St. Thomas here, right downtown in Houston, okay. and uh, left to L.A. after university. And then ended up coming back in 2015. My mom and dad got sick. So I bought a house about 100 yards. I mean, you could hit it with a water balloon launcher. And... As I tell my kids, that's how we measure things. I was, I was, I was yeah. going to ask it like water balloon launch. That's a weird measurement of things. Well, they, like, they, yards. Well, how far is I'm like, ah, this, remember, remember the surgical tube? We can hit it with that. Oh, okay, got it. That's yeah. how far it is. There you go. Um, and and we bought a house right near. And the family, my my wife yeah. is uh, from South Carolina, so she's okay. cut from the same cloth. We always knew we didn't want to raise kids in L.A. And the minute we got over here, instead of doing the back and forth thing, they were we just fell in love with it, and we pulled up stakes and made it permanent. So we've been here since sixteen. Permanently back in yeah, Houston. Cool. So, I, so me being from Louisiana, of all the places I would have got introduced to jiu-jitsu, from Raceland, Louisiana, I got introduced at five years old to Japanese jiu-jitsu and judo. Grew up my life doing that, and then uh, just became a lifelong student of martial arts, uh, both traditional jiu-jitsu and in 1995 I started Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which I'm guessing we have the kind of same trajectory of our Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Probably started around the same time. I, I, I was a little bit later than you. I I, I started when Hickson closed his Pico Academy. Okay. Had to be 98 or 99. But okay. it was it was his interim in the Palisades. He was renting a place, he was renting mat space in the Palisades. So it's either late 98 or early 99 okay. that I started. So one of those, yeah. probably three, maybe four years after yeah. you. But uh, that was the first the first kind of still the, fir- the first wave of gringos to get into Brazilian <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah, certainly no... Less, yeah. I mean, if you saw a gringo that was a blue belt, it was like, wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was I remember exciting. like traveling across states to go get a seminar from Purple Belts. Oh, yeah. Like, from Purple Belts. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to go, this guy's a Purple Belt. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I heard yeah. this story, Sean, that your grandpa sent you this video of UFC 1, and that was, that, that was it for you, basically. 100%. I was in Prague, Czechoslovakia, shooting uh, Young Indiana Jones, and he sent me a video of UFC 1. And he said, this is what I'm talking about. This is, yeah. you know, because my granddaddy was, I, 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 when I was, I've been martial arts since I was nine. 
Uh, my first was a McDojo experience, as I'm sure everybody sure. has had. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, and my granddaddy used to make fun. His, 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 sensei's name was Jimmy Dean. So my granddaddy called him Sensei Sausage after the, <laughs> after the sausage patties. <clears throat> um, so, you know, my, my inauguration into the world, my granddaddy used to make fun of because my granddaddy was a Golden Gloves boxer. My yeah. dad was a Golden Gloves boxer. So, you know, he used to tell that, me. They're, our, they're from the Irish. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and, and they taught me as well. But, you know, w- when you grow up in that era, you think, well, these mystical martial arts are so much better than American wrestling. That's just a sport. Mm, American yeah. boxing, that's just, you, you don't really understand that those are two of the premier martial arts. Yeah. Still if you know both day. of those, <laughs> Absolutely. You, you, yeah. you're, you're pretty yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. You know, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could, even the, the, with all the martial arts available right now, you could win a UFC championship with if you're a rock boxer wrestler. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 That's athlete, what my granddaddy sent me this. That. He goes, that's the real stuff right yeah. there. Yeah. And you were that's hooked. That's awesome. I, I was completely hooked. What, what'd you, how'd you get to your first class? So you, 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 your grandpa sends you this video, you watch it, you're like, I want to, how do you go from that to finding a school, learning? I mean, so it was, it was, it had to be Hoist Gracie and the Gee, right? Hey, folks, I got a shout out for our new awesome sponsor, Midas Gold Group. These guys are the real deal, a family business in precious metals for two generations run by Marine Corps veterans who are all about supporting veteran causes and putting America first. But the best part, they know that true financial freedom comes from owning private currency like gold and silver. If you're feeling a bit worried about the unknown and want to secure finances, look no further than Midas Gold Group. With all the crazy stuff happening these days, it's smart to be prepared. If you don't know, our financial data is stored electronically from bank deposits to retirement accounts. And let's face it, our digital grid isn't exactly invincible. That's where owning gold and silver can save the day. And it's becoming a seriously compelling option. Now here's the scoop. Inflation is nibbling away at your dollar's buying power. And major players like Russia, China, India, and Saudi Arabia are making moves to trade oil in different currencies. This could shake things up big time as the dollar stability depends on being the world's trade currency. The central bank digital currency is virtually already here, with patents filed and big banks making plans. And Midas Gold Group sees potentially sketchy implications here. Will it mean the end of cold, hard-earned cash? Is it tied to social credit scores? Storing all our financial info in digital ledgers sounds pretty risky, doesn't it? That's why you can count on Midas Gold Group. They're here to lend a helping hand. They've got competitive pricing, top-notch service, and lightning fast deliveries all across the United States and Canada. And get this, they could even show you how to use your IRA and old retirement plan to own physical gold and silver without getting hit by any additional tax implications. So listen up folks, when it comes to precious metals, Midas Gold Group is the real deal and the only one I trust. Give them a ring at 855-322-GOLD. That's 855-322-GOLD. 4653 or hit up their website at midasgoldgroup.com. That's midasgoldgroup.com. They're all about giving friendly, no pressure advice on precious metals. And guess what? If you drop my name, Chad Show, they're throwing in some free silver with any qualifying account. You can't beat that, right? So don't wait around. Secure your financial future with Midas Gold Group. Swing by midasgoldgroup.com or dial 855-322-4653 and make sure you mention Chad Show sent you. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. It, it, it was Hoist Grayson McGee. I mean, he sent me UFC 1, so it was Hoist. 
Um, that's the only name that I knew. And that sure. was, you know, I, I want to say November 11th, 93 was yeah. UFC one. I could be off by a few days, but <clears throat> so whenever he sent it to me, it had to be December, January. And I was in Prague, Czechoslovakia, like I said, and, uh, I, I knew I wanted to train that mystical martial art, but it was before the internet, you know, it's, sure. uh, you, 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 nobody, and all the Brazilians coming the over, pages? they had no business acumen <laughs> known to man. Yeah. yeah. Like there was no marketing. There was no yellow pages ad. You had to know a friend that knew a friend that said, yeah, down the alley. Yeah. And yeah. the whole accounting program was like 50 bucks. Ah, okay. Yeah. Go ahead, man. Yeah. 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 You remember now. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Jerry Banks was, uh, had, had a, a, a class, karate class in the Palisades and uh, this guy came in and he started putting mats down and I looked at the patch on the bottom of the gi mm -hmm. and it said uh, the second name was Gracie the first name was R-I-C-K-S-O-N I didn't know who this probably a plumber named yeah. Rickson. Rickson was <laughs> I had no idea yeah. you know I had no idea that I was talking to the Michael Jordan of, of yeah. jiu-jitsu because all I all I'd heard yeah. of was this scrawny little brother who yeah. he used to beat up Hoist yeah. right and I said man are you guys related to Hoist Grace, he's like, yeah, you know, he's my brother. Yeah, he's my uh, nanny. I was like, what? <laughs> you, you know the great Hoist? He's like, yeah. I said, man, I've always wanted to train this. He went in the back, came back out, threw me. He goes, put the game on tonight, you train with us. Oh, I was wow. like, really? He's like, yeah, my friend, man, you're going to love this. And man, because I, I, I competed in Taekwondo and martial arts since I was nine. Yeah. And uh, we did a brief, brief warm up. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you know, pick somebody the same size, the same shape. We're going to do some spa. <laughs> and I picked this guy, Matt Akins, who's still a very dear friend of mine today. He was a blue belt, about 135 pounds. I've been 166 my whole adult life. I, don't, I didn't do that to pick on him, but I probably had 30 pounds on him. I did it because I've heard so many mystical stories that even if this dude held me at bay yeah. for a round, I would be blown away. Because coming up through the ranks in Taekwondo, yellow belt, first belt. I mean, really, your fighting skill at a yellow goes down because you're changing all of your natural instincts, which are somewhat effective, and you're relearning these techniques that are kind of counterintuitive. So you haven't mastered them yet. So really, your first belt, if an athletic dude came in off the street, I roll the dice, who's going to win? Yeah. Right. And I knew he was a blue belt, the first color belt. Obviously, you know how the story ends, so do you. Yeah. He yeah. took my back, choked me, swept me, mounted me, arm locked me, shoulder locked me, wrist locked me, knee barred me, heel hooked me, and there was nothing I could do to contest it. Right. And there's two types of people in the world. The type of person that leaves that academy and goes, yeah, but you know what? Yeah. I would have groin shot it. I would have eye gouged. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's the type of person that's like, yeah, you know what? If I met him in a dark alley, he'd leave with my wallet yeah. and maybe the life of a loved yeah. one. And yeah. there's nothing I can do to yeah. contest that. I always say I, that same thing. Like if you, when someone experiences jiu-jitsu for the first time, real jiu-jitsu, they're either like, I don't want to ever experience that again, or I have to learn that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I, for me, I can't live knowing there's a skill set that I might come into contact with without yeah. knowing it. If it's readily available to me, shame on me if I don't go, you know what? I'm looking in the mirror and I'm acknowledging it. That is more powerful than anything I have. Yeah. yeah. That will wreck me comprehensively over and over again. Shame on me if I don't go learn that just for my family to be a dad. Yeah. Yeah. And I could not sleep at night knowing there's a 135 pound dude out there that could manhandle me like an infant. Yeah. And you've been training since you're nine years old. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I was a martial artist. Yeah. I mean, I was a sponsored triathlete at the time. I was, I, I, I was, I, I honestly thought if you'd have, if you'd have said I could bet 10 grand that that guy can submit you, I would have made that bet. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'd have lost it yeah. easily, but that's how misled I was with the whole martial arts, you know, the, the, the mindset of the, of the day. I'm super happy to hear that. Cause when, not that it's good or bad, but when I heard that you did 
Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu years ago. I heard you did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu from my, my mutual friend Jeff Messina. Uh, I, I thought, oh, cool, like you get an actor, Boondock Saints star. He 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 thought, you know, like a lot of Hollywood people, I'm going to go learn martial arts for, to help me in my role as, as a actor. And we have a lot of actors that dabble in Jiu-Jitsu for that. But you're the opposite. You were, you were a martial artist outside of your acting role. You didn't you didn't do it just to help you with a role. No, There's I did. a difference. <clears throat> I did it because I'm addicted. And and honestly, you know, I, I I love my career. I haven't had to get a real job in 30 years, probably more than 30 years now. And I'm incredibly grateful. But my passion and my heart is in martial arts and jiu-jitsu. It's the biggest part of my legacy that I'll leave behind to my kids. Mm-hmm. It's what I spend the preponderance of my time doing. And I do it for free. I started the jiu-jitsu heirloom. I teach kids that are single parent I, 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 I see, I know what it can do. It made me a better person, made me a better dad, made me a better father. It did all of that. It, it's, uh, I, I know the power of, of not only this specific martial art, but that kind of de- dedication to, to making yourself better. Character, discipline, work ethic. Yeah. Learning, learning how to win and lose. Resilience. Delayed gratification. So yeah. I embraced it and I competed the first half of my career. I mean, I mean. Yeah, you won, I, you won American Nationals at Blue Belt. At Blue Belt. Now, so, so you know, when you read these things, you're like, wow, the guy won the Pan Ams, he won the American Nationals, the U.S. Nationals. Trust me, man, everybody I went against in the finals was like another regular dude. It's like today, <laughs> if you win the Pan Ams, you're beating pro athletes. Yeah. Like, I'm not kidding. The dude that I went in the finals with in the Pan Ams was in dental school. You know what yeah. I mean? He was another dude like me who was a journeyman, you know? Yeah. And that's not to take away from it. Sure. But it's not like it is today. I was the best of the journeyman that had regular jobs. And and realistically, I I probably cheated a little bit because I I didn't get my blue belt for a year and I was at Hickson's Academy five hours a day. So when you (laughs) think about it, a year yeah. might be, okay, that's average for blue belt. Not when you do seven oh, days a week, five hours much. a day. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of mad hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I know back then, everybody did sandbag a little that was really competing on the national yeah. level. Yeah. But realistically, I had a lot of mad hours. I look then. at that right now, like a lot of people like look at my, because I have a really good professional MMA record. Of, my record's 18 and two. So people look at that like, oh my gosh, you're 18 and two. I'm like, yeah, there's a different time frame. Like my, yeah. I, my first fight was in 1999. My first Amateur fight was in 97, 99 was my first pro fight. And you knew jiu-jitsu and they did. And I knew jiu-jitsu and yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah, I was fighting like like taekwondo guys. It was yeah. like cheating. Yeah, exactly. So, so like it, a lot it, of my fights is. are like that. My, my latter fights, have, you know, I fought some tough guys. Yeah. And good, but my early fights where I racked up my record was... It was before it, anybody knew yeah, the recipe. It was, it was, yeah, it was yeah. cheating, yeah. No, nothing to take away because <laughs> no, yeah, you still get in a cage with a dude that's yeah. trying to maim you. Yeah. You know, that's a big, big, big deal. Well, we talk yeah. about it a lot now. You, you take an amateur fighter today... And he'd destroy a, a pro fighter, you know, 10, 15 years yeah. ago. Oh, it's yeah. just a different, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, but I was thinking something. You, Chad, you said what, 95? So you've been training, what, 30 years? Almost 30 years, 28 years? In, Bra- in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Jiu Jitsu, yeah. yeah. Sean, 24, 25 years. years. Yeah. So at this table, if we add my time, we're like almost 70 years of Jiu Jitsu. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. We are indeed staying dangerous. <laughs> <Yeah>. Dang. <laughs> Dang. That's a lot of Everybody time. Everybody in this side of the road, get the, get the production team on that side. Yeah. Like, there's, there's like six, there's six of you, or seven or eight of you. We'll if you. anything we'll goes south, we'll y'all are you. done. Yeah. 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 We'll take you guys. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I want to talk about uh, your boys. Can mm. you talk about that? I don't, I don't know if you talk publicly about your kids. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I mean, I, I my favorite subject. Yeah, I know, there right? So I, I have a, I have, I have three adult children, and I just adopted. 
so I got three grandchildren and I yeah. just adopted last month. So I have a brand new baby girl. Congratulations. Too. Thank brother. you, man. It was, it's, we thought we were, we were naive enough to think we we're blessing her, but it's yeah. the other way around. She, yeah, she's 100%. blessing us. But, uh, my two oldest, my, my two oldest, uh, sons are, uh, one's a black belt, one's a brown belt. Uh, and, uh, they started when they were like three years old and, and through like, like one of the best decisions I made as a dad was to have them wrestle and have them do jujitsu. Because everything they did that with them live from academics to they both both Marines going to the Marine Corps, it was like foundational yeah. for them. And uh, I seen you like really investing in your kids and, and your boys with a uh, jujitsu wrestling. And I just you know, I mean, I I want to I want to know, but I already know the answer. I want you to speak to the dads out there that like how important it is to get get your kids engaged in these kind of sports. Like, I mean, you know, <clears throat> I, I could give you a four hour monologue on the benefits <laughs> and and all, every reason everybody should. Look, I, I, I'm I'm probably cut from a different cloth, but somewhere along the line, society stopped mandating anything physical. You know, yeah. every parent out there will go, "Yes, my kid has to know math." Mm-hmm. They don't debate that. Yes, he has to know how to read and he knows how, has to know how to write. But you won't find anybody, rarely, that says, "No, you have to teach your kid how to swim." Right. Like that's not an elective. Maybe being on a swim team and racing might be an elective. Yeah. But swimming is a life skill. Yeah. How dare you send a kid out in the world that could fall off a boat and can't save his own life? Yeah. To me, that that's that's just a negligence. Yeah, it's yeah. supreme yeah. negligence. Yeah. Same thing with self-defense. I mean, violence is going to pop its head up. I, yeah. I, I don't I don't want it to, but it's going to, it's it is an inevitability. There's so much so there's only so much mitigation you can do to avoid it. And I'm gonna have kids that are out there in the world, and hopefully they do their best to avoid it at all costs. Well, you're more likely to avoid it if you are experiencing it. Well, yeah, that, that's another four-hour monologue. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. nothing makes walking away from a fight easier knowing you don't have to. Yeah, hundred percent. It, it's, yeah. uh, but you know, my boys are gonna be able when they say no. That no is gonna contain more than just hope. Yeah, it's gonna contain the ability to make sure you follow the rules of no. Yeah, and, and I, I would be remiss as a dad if I didn't. Now. Needless to say, the work ethic, the grit, the integrity, the the, the education of delayed gratification, you know, it, it, it's all in a jujitsu mat. That mat is my priestless church. It is my sanctuary. It is the couch, my therapist couch. Oh yeah, I, I can, it's it, all of the above, man. Yeah, yeah. It, if, it, if it I have a choice shot. between the best console, if I could sit with our Sigmund Freud or, or go to jujitsu, jujitsu, hundred percent. It's, I mean. Um, and then there's another thing, and this may this may now sound like to people listening like super arrogant and maybe even narcissistic, but like there's a side of me that I'll sit in a business meeting or something like that with someone, and I'm like, I had this confidence over me from the mats, like I didn't, I I am, I, I am, I, I don't know, it sounds arrogant to say like superior, but like if I had to, like I could strangle you to death right now. There's no, yeah, you you, you look you at them and it. you're like in an apocalypse. Yeah. I own the whole, I own yeah. this whole yeah. county. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, that that gives you a certain level of like just confidence in life that. You, I can get on this. I think Dan Gable said it. Like once you do wrestling, like everything else in life's easy. Like yeah. there's nothing that yeah. you're gonna throw at me in a conversation, an argument that I don't deal with every day on the mat. Absolutely. You know that, that that's why my boys are in wrestling and jujitsu. I mean that mat will there'll, there'll be more pungent and long lasting lessons on that mat than almost any classroom. It's just like me. I'm I'm more a product of my athletic coaches than any of my school yeah. teachers period and, and that's sure. not yeah I, I don't say that in a derogatory way it's just the fact it is yeah i am a product of every coach that smacked me on the ass mm-hmm. and forced me to you know face a fear yeah and it really changed who i was and i had you know pe- people talk about coaches and you know sometimes they're too hard man when i was six years old my coach coach eisenhower the braeburn bears mm-hmm. in sharpstown texas he every sentence was laced with profanity 
um, I understood where he was coming from. I understood the context with which he was using profanity. I never used profanity, but I understood that impactful vernacular. I'm not, I'm not endorsing the profanity, but sometimes you need a little bit of a different signature yeah. to stick you on the right way. My dad and my granddaddy, same thing. They spoke to me in a very different way than my mom and my mama would ever hear them speak to me. And I was very cognizant of that. Yeah. You know, you, you, yeah. you need a hard and a soft hand. And yeah. that's why I- Especially as, as, as young men, boys and young men need to have to have that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, in, today, in today's society as well, it's like, I'm the same way as you, Chad. And people, people will say this is arrogant or not, but I, I want to be the most dangerous man in any room that I walk into. If we have a society of dangerous people, then we'll be a strong society. And, you know, people prey on the weak, and we see a lot of people preying on our society right now. Yeah. So I think just, you know, breeding this into our children is, is well, one being of the dangerous that we offers can do. consequences. There's consequences. Of course. Yeah. So people behave. Once yeah. they know there's consequences, they behave yep. immediately. Yeah. You take consequences away, shit goes south real quick, and there's no other way to look at it. Yeah. Consequences go away. People, just like an employer employee. Mm. Uh, an employee works just so hard to where they don't get fired. Mm-hmm. An yep. employer pays you just so much to where you don't quit. It's the yep. same way society operates in life. You know, if they realize there's no consequences, I'm going to keep pushing you as far as I can. Get as much for me and my family out of you until you stop and you go, yeah, no, that's not going to happen anymore. When I realize you have the ability to in- in- insist on that, no, yeah. I'm going to go, okay, cool. That's as far as I went. Yeah. I'm going to stop yeah. now. That's the boundary. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a boundary. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I've always loved about, um, with my boys about wrestling when they wrestled and in jiu-jitsu is, is not just how to win, but how to lose. So like for those who hadn't been around wrestling tournaments, jiu-jitsu, when you go, like let's say a thousand kids competing, that first round goes, 500 of them are left. 50% of them are done. The second round goes, 250 are left. 75% of them are gone. Yeah. Like you ha- so you're going to inevitably lose and you have to learn how to lose and get back. Like you either quit the sport or you're going to, you know, get better. And, and get n- nothing does it like a mat. I'll tell you, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. there, you, 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 you can get struck out by a pitcher. Uh-huh. You're not leaving crying. You're sleeping well that night. Yeah. You can, you know, get your pass intercepted on a football field, bums you out. Doesn't make no mistake. You're not happy, but right. you're not crying and in tears. Yeah. There's something primal, even in a six-year-old on a wrestling mat or a jujitsu match, match where you know that there are real world application and yeah. implications with yeah. that. Another person my same size and weight bested me. And I had to ask forgiveness for him to let me go. Yeah, That is devastating. And if you can understand that, learn to compartmentalize it, come back, fix some details and come back bigger, better, stronger. Yep. Whew, that's a life lesson, brother. It is, Absolutely. it is. Even six-year-olds understand the difference between losing a basketball game and losing a wrestling match. Yeah. Yeah. You see kids crying. They're, they're, they're really dealing with, with, with human issues yeah. for that loss and that victory. Yeah. One thing you said earlier, and I'm gonna disagree with you. You said uh, you said you hadn't worked in 30 years. You worked your butt off, man. You, you've done a, you've been, so you've been part of 30 years in Hollywood, over 100 movies and, and t- TV shows, and wrote a book. Like I, I disagree. You think you worked pretty hard? Let me tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I've had real jobs, man. You know, I, I wanted a purple Nash skateboard when I was eight years old, and my granddaddy said, "You got to get a job. Got to buy it." I'm not going to buy it for you. So I, I knew that you could have a paper route. You had to be 13 to have a paper route. I was eight. So I knocked on Johnny McNamara. He lived in a cul-de-sac. He was 13. I knocked on his door. I said, hey, man, will you do so, Houston Chronicle? Yeah. Will you sign up for a paper route? I'll throw them, and I'll give you 20%. Of, I talked about it with my granddaddy about you know, percentages. And, <clears throat> yeah. 
And he talked about it with his parents. His parents said yes. I threw papers for five years, giving him 20%. He never helped me, never did anything. I guarantee I'd blown by him on life's highway, like he was standing still at this point. Threw papers at eight. I mowed yards. I bought a, a lawn boy, a green lawn boy, and I towed it behind my Schwinn Stingray with a bungee cord. I dug ditches. I put culverts under driveways. Worked for Atlas Van Lines, moved pianos, changed the deep fat fryer at Church's Fried Chicken. I understand what a real job is. <clears throat> this industry, I know you say you worked. This industry, every single day, people move out to LA and they do films, student films, for free, hoping that they can assemble a demo reel mm. and show it to somebody and eventually get paid to do it. You're an ex-military vet. If somebody said, you know, we're not going to pay you, but go over there and solve eight, 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 eight of those uh, skirmishes. And if you're good, we'll eventually pay you. Be like, yeah, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Unless it's for the betterment of the country or whatnot. I know your constitution, you probably would. But there's no other occupation like that. I wouldn't have dug a ditch if they said, hey, if we like the ditch, we'll hire you. I'd be like, no. Yeah. You're going to pay me on the first shovel. You're going to pay me on the first deep fat fryer. Yeah. You're going to pay me the first newspaper I throw. This industry, it's different, man. And I hope no producer is watching this to find out, but it is something that you would do for free. I, I, it's not a job, man. There's a, 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 a trailer waiting outside. There's craft services. They'll cook you any food you want. If that's my workload, my God, it's a smaller workload than any job I've had as a teenager, as a 20-year-old, I wait waiting tables. They'll pale by comparison. It's just not something that I would consider work. Work is something that I will not do it unless you give me compensation. Yeah. And I really... I, I, I get that, yeah. I, I dig it. I love it. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, I think it's a, probably a dream of most kids. Like, I want to be an actor. I want to be an actress one day. And you actually get to do it. And you've done it at some high levels. You, I mean, one of my favorite movies of all time is, is Boondock Saints. I think a lot of people would say that. And so you were a star of Boondock Saints. Uh, I, I know everybody behind here, like... All big fans of Boondock Saints, these thumbs ups over there. Uh, born a champion, we're, uh, Sean and I, as, as MMA fighters, born a champion, American fighter, like helping put jujitsu out there. And then, uh, and then, Michael, our producer here, is like a was a big, big fan of young, young Indiana Jones, and you got to work with George Lucas on that. So, what was it? I mean, what was what was your favorite? Was it Boondock Saints working with George Lucas? We have to have a favorite, right? Uh, <clears throat> Without question, by far and above everything else, it's Born a Champion. Because um, I wrote that in 2007. That. It's about something that I'm incredibly passionate about. Um, and my boys are in it. Um, and, you know, I wrote it before I had kids. Yeah. Um, so when we finally got it financed to go shoot it, I rewrote the child to be two different ages so I could put them both in there. Mm, um, so cool. Porter p plays the younger version of my son in the movie. Yeah. And Charlie, my oldest, plays the older version. Um, but to, to, to have them on set and, and to make something about something that I love with that depth, it, it, yeah. no, nothing, honestly, nothing comes close to that as, as far as a pleasurable experience. And, you know, I, I, the whole family was there. And my, my family travels with me anyway if I'm out of town for any length of time. But it was just, it was a wonderful experience. And again, about something that I spend more time on doing than anything else. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. I think for the viewers, it, if, if you are a jiu-jitsu practitioner, martial arts, period, but especially love jiu-jitsu, then you have to watch Born a Champion. I think yeah. the viewer should hear that for sure. It's, it's basically a love story to jiu-jitsu. It is my love letter to jiu-jitsu. Yeah. 100% yeah. it is. So I appreciate that answer, but I know Michael still wants me to ask you. 
what was it like working with George Lucas? <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, it was killer. George is a, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, uh, he was only at three locations. Mm-hmm. He was in Wilmington, North Carolina. He was in Prague, Czechoslovakia, and Phuket, Thailand. Mm-hmm. And uh, his daughter, Katie, who I think was like six at the time, we're in Phuket, Thailand. You want to know about George Lucas? Here's George Lucas. At, at lunchtime, we all went swimming on the beach. Phuket's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, the sand is like salt. It's white. It, it, Phuket's one of the places that looks like the postcard. When you hold yeah. the postcard, you're like, yep, that's where I'm at. That's it, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not like you go to Galveston and you're like, when did they take that picture? Oh, yeah. What day was that? Give <laughs> yeah. me that day. <laughs> yeah. um, so we're out swimming and George comes wandering onto the sand and he looks out. I'm, I'm out in the water about 30 yards out, just kind of treading water. And he goes, hey, Sean. And I know Katie, his little daughter, was behind me even further out treading water. He goes, Sean, is that a shark? <laughs> hey, guys, Chad Robichaud here. Are you ready to experience the greatest beef you'll ever taste while supporting an incredible cause, well, get ready to sink your teeth into the irresistible beef from Skyrose Cattle Company. At Skyrose Ranch, where Mighty Oaks Foundation holds our West Coast legacy programs, Wayne Hughes Jr., the founder of Skyrose Cattle Company, has dedicated over a decade to perfecting the art of raising premium beef. And guess what? You can now enjoy the fruits of his labor right in the comfort of your own home with the absolute highest quality beef you can find. Hands down, and trust me, I'm a carnivore and I've tasted plenty of steaks and nothing comes close to a Skyrose steak. These cattle are grass-fed and free of antibiotics, hormones, and vaccines. And for the last 10 years, I've personally watched these cattle graze 25,000 acres in Central Coast, California, and the taste is unbeatable. When you choose to purchase Skyrose beef, you're also making a difference by supporting the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Wayne is all about helping our deserving military and first responder communities through our faith-based resiliency and recovery programs. And every single penny of your purchase goes directly towards assisting our nation's warriors. Let me reiterate this, because it's crazy. 100% of the proceeds of Skyrose cattle goes directly to Mighty Oaks Foundation to support our nation's warriors. So let's join forces and make a positive impact, one delicious bite at a time, and head over to Skyrose CattleCO.com. That's SkyroseCattleCO.com today and order yourself some tender, juicy cuts of beef. Trust me, your taste buds will thank you. And one more little insider secret. Every warrior who goes through Mighty Oaks Legacy Program at Skyrose will assure you that this beef is extraordinary and off the charts delicious. The very first thing our warriors get when they get to Mighty Oaks Programs on Skyrose Ranch is a delicious Skyrose steak hanging off the side of their plates with a Skyrose brand on it. And our warriors love them, and you will too. And I turn around and I look just past Katie. There's a fin floating around. <laughs> he was calm as a cucumber, man. Yeah. I'm like, uh, wow. I don't know. A fin's a fin. Could have been something else, but it looked like yeah. something that could possibly be. Eat us. <laughs> yeah, so I went out there and I grabbed Katie and brought her back. And he never, he was just like, he's like, oh, yeah, thanks. I'm like, Right on, man. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, we're good. You're Indiana Jones. Man. Yeah, we, 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 we would. No, I mean, it wasn't anything heroic. It was just like grab her and gonna mm, come back to the zoo. I mean, he's a great dude. He's yeah. a killer dude. I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark changed my cinematic world. The first thirty minutes of Raiders was the first time that I've really had a physical experience in a in a theater, where he's running, the arrows are coming, he's looking over his shoulder, where I was truly looking behind me, it, it was a, yeah. a, 
You felt it. I completely yeah. felt it. Yeah. So to do a role like that with the guy that created that yeah. was, yeah. I, you know, I, I I thought I was going to be fired every single day I was on Young and He Said. I thought they're going to you're going to realize this dude's some Irish dude from Texas, and they're going to go, yeah, you're 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 not even from Hollywood. What are you doing on the set? Yeah. Well, how do we make this mistake? Get out of here. Um, never happened. I'm grateful, um, but it was amazing. I, you know, I, I met Steven Spielberg. Yeah. It was, and coming, you know, I was the only person that really never done much of anything before. If you look at the call sheet, the actors that are playing on the day, it's, you know, Vanessa Redgrave, Elizabeth Hurley, Christopher Lee, I, I, all of these names that everybody's heard of. And then Sean Patrick, who's that guy? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, it, it was, a, and Young Indian Jones opened up every door that's open to me today. I mean, you know, if I didn't do Young Indy, I wouldn't be here on the podcast. It's, uh, yeah. it, was a, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience for me. And I got to ride a horse to lunch. <laughs> you know, I, I love movies or something. My wife and I are like, that's our, been our thing since we met. Like, uh, I love movies. Uh, in fact, my house, like one of the criteria in my house was a theater room. Oh yeah. I like to just sit down. That's the one time I could like unplug and just engage. But I've gotten, I don't know if the movies, the movies have gotten worse or maybe I've gotten desensitized, but I, that emotional feeling you're talking about with, with Raiders of the Lost Ark, I feel it less and less. Uh, Again, it could be me. It could be some of the quality movies, but I felt it recently when I watched your new movie, Nefarious. Like I felt like, I mean, first of all, you know, I want, I want to talk a lot about the movie, but one of the things about the movie that captivated me was there's not a lot of different scenes. The majority of the movie is you and your co-star sitting across the table doing an interview, and uh, and but it felt like so engaged, so entertained, and I felt emotionally like just drawn in from. The beginning and I was just I was just blown away and and for for those who uh, are listening in nefarious uh, is essentially you know Sean plays a uh, inmate who's on death row for killing a, a number of people and he's possessed by a demon and uh, and he's going to be executed that night and so the psychologist comes in to do an evaluation to see if he's fit for ex- execution and in this interview is the nefarious movie and uh, man I said it in the monologue. And I know it won't happen. I'm not jinxing you, but you probably won't get an Academy Award because of the type of movie. But man, it is it is that worthy. It is one of the most brilliant uh, acting scenes I've ever seen. I was blown away right away. I'm like, when the movie was over, the first thing I said was, was I have to talk to this guy. Who do I know that knows him? Uh, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff knows him. I texted Jeff. I'm like, hey, can you get me in touch with him? He's like, here's his number. And I texted you and you texted me back. And I'm like, I, I, and first of all, thank you for that because you could have just blown like how does weirdo get my number <laughs> but uh, i was so blown away man you did such a, a brilliant job and i, I believe uh th- this message is so powerful on the truth of spiritual warfare and, and not only was you acting good but I, I and i applaud you for that but the courage to do this film because this is i i know you had to think like man i do this film is this good for my career uh is it not i don't know if you've been think, thinking that way but uh, it's obviously not gonna be a popular in hollywood so. Yeah, it's definitely a conversation, you know, me and the chick had, that I, my wife, we've been married a long time, but I still call her my chick, so excuse that. Um, you know, we did, I read it, you know, I, I'd done a film with Chuck and Carrie, they're the writers and directors, yeah. in 2004, and I had a wonderful experience with them. I realized we were cut from the same cloth back the then. Loop, the Fruit Loop commercial, right? They yeah, were. yeah, and, and I told them, I jokingly said at the end, at culmination of the film, I said, guys, I'd do a Fruit Loops commercial with y'all. <laughs> and two years ago to this day, they called and they said, hey, Flanner, we got a Fruit Loops commercial. I said, put me in, coach. <laughs> they said, well, let, let, let us send you the script. And they sent me the script. And, you know, I, I, I knew that uh, they did, you know, Unplanned and God's Not Dead and whatnot. 
and I read it and I said, you know, I told the wife, I said, you know, if this was any other subject matter, that's an Academy Award winning role, just the way yeah. it's written. If somebody can execute it yeah. properly. Um, but, uh, and, and these roles are why you get into the business. They're mm -hmm. why you pack up your car and drive 3,000 miles away and get a roommate on Craigslist in hopes of getting a role like this. But whoever does this role may never work again. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the current climate. It's, uh, that's not popular. Um, so we spoke about it and, you know, it's, uh, we, we didn't, we didn't, I never asked the question, should I knew I was going to do it. Yeah. She knew I was going to do it. That's just who I am. But we just talked about acknowledging like, you know, um, the possible repercussions of, you know, dealing with that subject matter. It was never anything I even hiccuped on for a moment. It's, uh, you know, I, I, I think, I, I think it's the most important film I've ever done. Um, the subject matter, uh, the, the state of the world today, the things it addresses, mm. you know, it's, uh, and, and I think it's one of the best written scripts I've ever had the opportunity to try to bring to life. I heard you talk about it. You did, you said you oftentimes you, you'll edit a script because, you know, you have to make it your own. And this one, you didn't even feel like you needed to edit the script. I honestly think there's three things that I threw in there and that's it. I mean, yeah. this was, this is without question and second place isn't even close. A script that is almost dang word for word. I mean, the, the meticulous detail of how they, they, they just designed and cultivated this series of words. Everything is thought about. Every syllable is there for a reason and it's rare in Hollywood. Yeah. You know, it really is. A book that's really impacted me was the you know, C.S. Lewis's Screw Tape Letters, and mm. for those who hadn't read it, it's a uh, you know, Screw Tape is like senior senior demon, and his nephew is Wormwood, and uh, and so the senior demon Screw Tape is writing writes letters to Wormwood of how to manipulate man to to fall short of a relationship with Christ, and it it's, it really stirred me when I, I listen. I've read the book several times, listened to it in an audio book, and uh, the guy that does the audio book is the guy that was uh, in Lord of the Rings, the little the little troll guy with the ring, my precious ring guy. Oh, oh okay. That, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That actor. Andy he's, who, is it, who is it? Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he reads the audio book. Oh, is that he's, right? He's Wormwood. Yeah. Yo, that's good. Is he Wormwood or Screwtape? I think he's Wormwood. Yeah, it's, it's really good. But that, like, so I, 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 and so when I seen what this movie is about, it was like, man, this is, Screwtape letters has just been brought to life and I was super excited. And, uh, and, and, and for, you know, the, the directors, for you, the courage to do that right now is just, and and I'm thankful. Like it's 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 doing good. And everybody, first of all, everybody listening, you have to watch it. You have to go watch this film, even if you're not like a a Christian or, or a believer. If you're an atheist, whatever, like you have, yeah, everyone has to absolutely. watch this film. Um, what? So obviously, you said right away because of the directors you're you're in. Was there anything about the subject matter? Like with me being like me saying the the screw tape was there anything about that that just compelled you like burdened you like I have to tell the story without sounding nonsensical every part of it yeah I mean every syllable there's no syllable wasted in that yeah every line of nefarious is, is or Edwards however you want to interpret the character is pertinent it's timely mm -hmm. um, and it's it, there there's a there's a void in society today I mean. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think my granddaddy thought we were circling the drain. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much closer to the rim of the drain we can get without mm -hmm. falling in at this point. I, I, and I say that with all of the love in the world for, you know, 
my neighbors in my country and whatnot. But some of the things that's, you know, it, it, it seems like no form of depravity can outrage society right now. And there should be some things that are outrageous. Yeah. Um, and things that we're, we're consciously doing that are, that are just okay. Every line in this, it, it creeps in millimeter by millimeter. And you go, ah, it's just a millimeter, it's just a millimeter, it's just a millimeter, it's just a millimeter, day in day. 10 years later, you look back and you're like, oh, that's who I used to be? Yeah. That's the rules that we agreed to upon society? Look how far we've drifted. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just, uh, I, I, I think it's, it, it's pertinent, it's necessary, and I, I never questioned not doing it. it. It's also, these roles go to A-list celebrities, and it's not lost on me. I know my position in Hollywood. I'm not saying that to try and sound overly humble, yeah. but I, I, I do films that generally nobody ever sees. I do small films, you know, and I'm grateful. I'm incredibly grateful for my position in Hollywood, but I've never been an A-list guy. Every film that I've ever got, they, five people turned it down before it came to me, and chances are I had to audition for it, you know? Um, I didn't audition for this because I knew Chuck and Carrie. They, they, they thought I was capable and they came directly to me and, and I'm incredibly grateful. But normally these roles, and I think really, when, if it had been anybody else, they'd have gone to A-list celebrities first, you know? Uh, but they came to me. And I don't get those opportunities, man. I don't get the opportunity, even taking the subject matter out, just creatively, to do a character like that. It, 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 it's a once in a career opportunity. And I hope like hell, I did it service. I, I certainly intended to. Uh, my heart's in that, my intention, what I think you know, society needs to hear. I certainly didn't do it only to help the world. I, for what a, a lot of people think it's not gonna help the world. Some people go, wow, it is a necessary message. I did it for all of those reasons. Sure. Artistic, um, I, I, I think I owe it to my kids mm. to make these public statements. It, it's all of the above, and, and you, you rarely get an opportunity to fulfill that many jobs in your life as a dad and a human and a, and a, and a citizen in one project, and it was in this one, man. Um, or, or you, would you consider yourself a Christian before this, like before this movie, like you? So just your personal faith and yeah. absolutely. I, 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 you know, I was born in Lake Charles, Louisiana. We. Went to church, we said grace before every meal. Yeah. Um, I hardly laid my head on a pillow without talking to God. Yeah. My kids the same way. At the end of every wrestling jiu-jitsu practice, we, Heavenly Father, the whole class, with yeah. our arms around each other. And that's the product that I deliver because it's part of my culture. Right. And you, 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 you don't have to. There's plenty of wrestling classes or jiu-jitsu classes where we don't pray afterwards. Right. You're, yeah. Feel free to go to those if, if you're offended. But at, at, at my academy, we do. Yeah, you know, our Father who art in heaven, the whole class, everybody at all age in unison with our arms around each other. It's it's not anything I'm ashamed of. It's not anything I hide behind. And you're welcome to not go. Sure, you, everybody can make their choice. But that's who I am at my core. That's who my family is. It's one of the one of the things that made me select my wife. You know, uh, you know, my, my granddad said when I was a kid. You know, when I first went out to LA, he's like, "Well, you go out to LA, but what you find what you're looking for, you get the hell out of there." Yeah, my God. How, what a revelation that was. You know, yeah. he, he was a soothsayer, he was an Ostradamus, you know, and that was before yeah. it all really got close to the drain. And I went and I met my wife, and I'm like, how are you in Los Angeles? I mean, how are you in, you know, so then we bugged out for that very reason because she's that same type of person. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a, you know, radical encounter with Christ back in 2010, and my life's been changed forever. And, uh, and so that's why this is so powerful for me because I, I believe we are in uh in spiritual warfare and uh you know that's to me that's what this movie does this movie 
exposes and tells the truth about us being engaged, the world being engaged in spiritual warfare. And I think people, uh, regardless of you know getting political camps and political ideologies, and I think regardless of what political camp you're in right now, whether you're Republican, Democrat, or left, right, conservative, or liberal, like you look at the world and you know something's wrong. The world is the world is broken. Uh, good is evil. Evil is good. Things are backwards. Why is that? And the reason is is revealed in, in this film. It's that we are in a spiritual warfare. The enemy, Satan, and again, I said in the monologue, it's, some people hear the word Satan and you think like it sounds like some boogeyman character, which is what the devil wants you to believe, but it's real. And uh, whether you believe it or not, it, it's real. And, uh, and, and every day we have voices whispering into our ears to do everything the opposite of what we were created to do. And, uh, you know, this character, um, they experienced the worst of that. And, uh, and you know, again, you illustrated so well. One of the things that there's so many, so many things in, that this movie addresses in current culture. But one of the things that I'm personally passionate about is that, you know, I'm an advocate for life. And, uh, uh, you know, between the people say pro-life and, and pro-choice is a political topic. I don't think it's a political topic. I think it's been, it's been the enemy. Uh, Satan has made it a political topic to divide people. I think it's a, it's a topic of morality uh, and a topic of, uh, you know, life and people's rights for life, but you, you dress it really good. And we have a, we have a clip. I wanted to, can we play that clip? Uh, not like Sean hadn't seen it, but, uh, <laughs> but I just want to play it. Who, who are you to judge me? This is my life. I, I can live it the way I want. Yes, James. I couldn't have said it better myself. Says who? Says all of creation, James. The creator creates, and we destroy, and we do all of it through you. We always have. Did you forget your history, Jimmy? Even in ancient times, the archdemon Moloch was celebrated by tossing infants into flaming bonfires, accompanied, of course, by the beating of drums to drown out the screaming. Later on, they erected a giant bronze statue with outstretched arms, kindling fires beneath the palms. And when they toss a little infant into those open palms, they'd flinch at the red-hot metal, but then they'd willingly roll themselves off into the flames. What does any of that have to do with me? Oh, nothing, James. Especially since the priests now wear surgical scrubs. The killing takes place in the womb, so there's no screaming to be heard anyway. And the remains are tossed into gas-fired crematoriums. No, James, no, 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 no. There's no parallel whatsoever to you. Can you imagine the agony the carpenter feels when we rip a child to pieces inside its own mother's womb? Because that's what we do, James. You and us. We do that together. You're sick. Yeah. That might be the nicest thing you've ever said to me, James. Can you feel it? Can you feel it, James? It's starting to happen. Your unborn son is now on our altar.
And that's two, James. Man, that's powerful. That's scene. powerful, man. Super I, powerful. <laughs> Definitely elicits an emotional you, response. You could uh, get your picket signs and, and protest pro-life in front of the White House all day long, and but to hear you know the perspective of, from hell uh, that a demon would have over over that, that issue is uh, you know I think it's so much more impactful when and that message gets across loud and clear. Well, you know, you know, I, I. I I, I, th- I think there's just, you know, it, it, it is society and culture anesthetizing people to something that they know. You know, there's something in the center of your chest, whether you want to say it's a God or supreme being, everybody's born, you know innately when something is right, when something's wrong. You, you, your conscious knows. And I'll tell you, for all of those people out there screaming, oh, it's just a clump of cells, it's just a clump of cells, it's just a clump of cells, and I'm proud, I wish I had more abortions, all those people out there, those fanatics yelling. Let me tell you something. When you meet the man of your dreams and you look in his eyes and you say, I want to combine DNA. I want to bring something into the world. I want, I want a son to be just like him or a daughter to have part, parts of his personality. And you do get pregnant. Even if it's only three months old, that clump of cells, God forbid, should you miscarry, you will be devastated devastated because at your core you know you know despite all the crap that you've said on the news Mm -hmm. programs and despite all the tweets you've said singing the praises of god bless abortion and all this other crap you will be shook to your core and that comes from a very real place because at your core you know that you lost something significant Mm -hmm. more than significant and i refuse to believe otherwise you know why because I see it all the time. Mm-hmm. I've seen it all the time. I have real world experience of that. And I would never go to that person and go, but wait, what about that tweet? Why are you in tears right now? Remember that tweet? Yeah. According to that tweet, nothing happened. Nothing. Completely insignificant. So you tell me where this turmoil comes from. It's just society that's anesthetized. Now it's a get out of jail free card. Yeah. Sex with zero consequence. You know, I, 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 I don't know why it's okay to say, let's, let's just play around with the reproductive system. And if it, if, if it actually happens and it's inconvenient, let's just destroy it. You know, you're in, you're in a society replete with contraceptive technology. I mean, you, you, right. you, you, have, to, you have to make a, a string of failures. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, and that's another discussion on its own. Right. But to, and it's, it's one thing. Even if somebody has to make a horrible decision, it, 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 to champion it is another level of depravity. Mm-hmm. To champion it and celebrate it. You know, like Bill Clinton, who would be a right-wing extremist at this point, said it should be legal and rare. I mean, the fact that he just said it should be rare makes him almost a right-wing extremist yeah. at this point, which is crazy. It's truly crazy. I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't understand... You know, there comes a point in society where you look around and you're like, wow, are, are we really the same species? Yeah. Because we, we're thinking such severely different things. Yeah, we we're t- operating under, under a completely different set of rules. When you go from heartbeat to full term to partial birth to now you have people openly saying like, well, at the point of walking, uh, talking. And, and you have some people going, well, count the chromosomes because if so, a certain amount of days after birth, I, I, it, it, yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's absolutely shocking. 
I, I, don't know, I, I, I don't know if somebody is standing in front of you and saying, well, yes, if you count the chromosomes, the chromosomes is wrong, you can terminate after, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't for know the life of me. How you can't conceive this murder. I mean, for me, you know, I'm extreme on this, which I don't think I'm extreme. I think I'm right where you know I'm supposed to be in the eyes of God. I'm an abolitionist for abortion. Uh, I don't think there is any circumstances other than protect the mother's life uh, for abortion. But um, I believe in you know life at creation, at, at, at conception, you know, uh, at life at conception. What a weird life. thought. Yeah, life at conception. How how bizarre is that? Yeah, but it is now. It is. It is now. Like that's yeah. being contested. It's just like, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I don't know. I mean. You know, they're like, well, it's not sanctioned. Yeah. It, you know, there's no, re- you're, I, 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 I don't know. You know, it's a double murder if, you know, you kill a pregnant person. It's double murder. You know, you'll go to jail if you kill a bald eagle's egg. Why? Right. Well, you're just killing a club of cells. What's the, I, what, what's the issue? What's the issue, yeah. I, 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 the level of hypocrisy is what's really confounding. Whenever it suits your purpose and it makes life more convenient, you, you'll almost say anything, even though, even though there's logic has left the building long ago. If it serves, you know, the, the 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 simplicity and the enjoyment of your life, usually in physical terms, yeah, you'll say it, and you say it with conviction. It's just it's just an odd time to be alive, brother. Yeah. It is. Well, that's why that's why this you know nefarious is so timely. Like you said, it's it's timely. It's uh you know it's we've gotten to such a dark place that that darkness has has a source and it needs to be re- revealed. And and again, I applaud your the courage for being part of revealing this truth and and, and in doing so. The level of exposure and light you guys have shined on the the reality of spiritual warfare and and, and Satan being part of this, I, I I'm watching this film and I'm like, man, one of the questions I want to ask and is, did did you experience backlash? And I don't mean career backlash. I mean from the spiritual warfare. Did you experience anything on set in your life? That was this a spiritual battle for you personally going through this? I mean, I'm sure you know Satan is not happy. That you did this, the, the the demon out there, like nefarious, or not happy you did this. Uh, did you experience anything like that? You know, I mean, there's good and bad that happens in my life all the time. Yeah, you know, you can't avoid it. Um, so I'm certainly not going to take random, you know, misfortune now and apply it to that. Right. Um, you know, if if you look at the metrics, do they exceed the norm? Yeah, maybe a little bit. But, you know, I, I don't want to make nonsensical terms. Sure. You feel like you go through life with the armor of God. That's, that's know? what I was going to say. And, and, if not, God's, God have his protection yeah. over you. Like, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't go to some weird place for this character. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't channeling anything evil. Mm-hmm. I was a Christian saying words to send a message to make a character. I didn't embrace anything evil to do it. I didn't talk to any evil entity. I didn't pray any more than I pray every other day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But certainly, you know, the, the words uh, and uh, were, were different because I was going in and I was going to say some things that, uh, you know, I just, just for, for my own well-being, I wanted to make it clear, even though you don't need to make it clear. Um, yeah. You know, for me, you know, the prayers took a, a little bit of a different turn. Um, you know, I certainly asked for protection and even my travel from Houston because I drove there to Oklahoma City. Yeah. You know, because you don't know. It, it, is, it is an odd subject matter. You are addressing things, not only that society, a lot of large part of society is going to frown upon, but... You're going to war with hell and you're exposing it. You, you're going Satan. a little too close to the flame. And <laughs> yeah. if I'm going too close to the flame, if you tell me I'm going to be okay, I'm going to believe you. Yeah. But I'm going to ask and I'm going to ask for protection. You know, yeah. I'm not going to fly too close to the sun, have the wax melt and fall to my death. It's, you know, yeah. and so I had those conversations, you know, and I'm not ashamed of those conversations. Yeah. 
I, I was I was wary like you are, and a lot of people have asked me that, but certainly nothing that exceeds you know enough to go. Oh well, it's because of this. I I, I yeah. you know yeah. I, you, I felt protected, and I I'm grateful. What would you say? I mean, you've act you acted this part out. There's some people that that don't even want to watch these types of movies for. For fear, right, of, I, I don't. I won't, I won't watch like movies like The Conjuring, for example. Like I would never watch that. Like yeah. uh, I, I, I watch The Exorcist. See The Exorcist. I'm I'm 47 years old. If The Exorcist commercial pops on, I'm like looking another way. I can't do it. Yeah. Like yeah. and uh, and so before I watched this, I looked on. I looked it up to see like, and I'm like, oh, God's not dead. And, and then I seen you were involved in it. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm I want to watch this. And I never felt that evil that I would feel like watching. I think that's what's important. I think I think for one. I think it's important for us to look at evil and be able to call it evil. And if we're afraid to look at evil, then we have no chance at fighting it. Right. It doesn't um, mean entertain yourself with evil, though. Exactly. No, I'm not disagreeing with, I don't know why you would watch like, you know, something like The Conjuring or right, what you're right. talking about. But I think it's important for the, for the viewers to hear that this is this movie is not like, you know, actually the the, the theology and the representation of evil in it is not some you know, fantasy style um, film, you know? And so um, I think it's important that people watch this because it, it's it's not some, you know, misconstrued view of evil. It's actually, you know, what I would consider a very accurate view of evil. Um, so my question was going to be, what would you tell to say to somebody who doesn't want to watch it? Who's scared to watch that, it because of that, yeah. For that reason, yeah. Well, you know, you know they, ra- they rated it R, even though that's the clo- that the clip that you just the, the closest, subject matter yeah. what we're discussing is the closest thing to an R, but that wouldn't even be an R if it was any other different film. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of hurdles that we had to overcome. Um, it's not a horror film. There's no blood. There's no gore. There's no guts. There's no shock. Uh, there's no chase scenes. There's no impend. It, 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 it's it's all your psychological. Head, your head doesn't spin matter. backwards. You yeah. Nothing like that. Ceiling, yeah. It's all psychological <laughs> subject matter, um, and. Only today would this is 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 this controversial? You know the, these these issues are things that all of our grandparents agreed with, sure. all of them. Mm-hmm. Now you know the next generation, our parents, we lost a percentage, and now I, I mean, what is it? The, what was the latest? I guess Gen, Gen Z is the. Yeah. I mean, I, I it, nothing will be off the table at that point. Right. You know, um, I'm older than you. You're older than him. It's, uh, you know, from where I was raised, none of these issues are controversial at all. No. It's a given that, like, yes, you shouldn't strive for that at all. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't strive for that at all. None yeah. of them were political either. None of them are political. Yeah. It, it, yeah. But now, it, it, it's, it's more is going to the other side. It's yeah. the things that are tolerated now are kind of frightening, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, um, did... Uh that there's that spiritual again spiritual warfare and i'm, I'm really happy to hear that because when i go out and speak like i go out and speak and i'm going to let's say i'm going to liberty university i'm like i'm gonna i'm about to speak to fifteen thousand college kids like satan is not happy about that and so i i, pr- I pray i'm like i'm asking for protection and uh and moody's camps with mighty oaks foundation with the veterans our staff talks about all the time like spiritual warfare they're facing it's like so we've really challenged them they engage in you know preparatory prayer for those you go, you go into war. You're getting in the trenches. Like you're going to go to battle. Prepare yourself for battle with God, you know, with in prayer and petition. And uh, so I'm, I'm super happy to hear that. That's that's what happened. I'm sure that's why God protected you guys. Did, did the production of the movie talk about this? Like did the did the directors and producers talk about this in advance with the film? Yep. 
we, we had a father on set and we said prayer before production started. We said prayer, you know, uh, cool. lunchtime. We said, you know, all, all of the above. They're all like-minded individuals, yeah. you know. That's super cool. It, it, it's no, no, nobody wanted, you know, uh, it, it, everybody there was cut from the same cloth. You yeah. know, we all had the same concerns with, with you know, yeah. again, going a little close to the flame. But we, we, we weren't, we, we, we knew what we were coded with. Right. We felt protected. So, you know, we did it. What, what about on the earthly side, the Hollywood side? The, I mean, I know we talked about the, the concerns of it going into it. You, talk, you and your wife talked about it. Uh, you feel like you've been protected from that? Any, any, any uh, backlash from your colleagues in Hollywood over it? Every day, more than 22 veterans take their lives. That's a devastating reality that we can no longer ignore. But what if I told you that number actually is much higher? According to a recent study, the actual number of veteran suicides could be double the federal estimates. That means 44 veterans could be lost to suicide every single day. Whether the number is 22, 44, or one, one is too many. But there's hope. Mighty Oaks Foundation provides a lifeline for veterans, first responders, and active duty communities struggling with PTSD, depression, and thoughts of suicide. Our non-clinical, faith-based, peer-to-peer programs focus on spiritual resiliency, providing our military and first responder communities to overcome their hardships of service and find a new life purpose. We know that the road to recovery isn't an easy one, but with the support of Mighty Oaks, our warriors can find the hope and healing they need to move forward. Visit MightyOaksPrograms.org, that's MightyOaksPrograms.org, and learn how you can support our mission to end the epidemic of suicide in our military and first responders communities. Together, we can make a difference. It's well, got good ratings. It's got, I mean, the, yeah. the, the what, do you, what do you call it? The, the review people, I mean, it, it got good reviews. It has killer reviews. It, it has over 2,000 Rotten Tomato reviews and it's still a 96%. Yeah. I love it. Uh, the critics, obviously, who loved Cuties, by the way. The critics loved yeah. that. Yeah. Um, uh, they, they gave it a 33%. But, uh, you know, most good things now, I mean, e- even despite what side you're on, I think everybody knows, like if the public loves it and the critics hate it, it's probably gonna speak to me. (laughs) No matter what side you're on, you know that that's a golden ticket. Um, You know, I'll tell you this, it it came out in theaters, it's still in theaters in some places, it's in three months, it's been in theaters. Which which says a lot. That's unheard of, Um, especially for a film that we made for nothing like that. Um, It's been in the top five of all movies streaming since it came out, which is, kind of unheard of as well. And the amount of people that I've heard from in the industry has been zero. Mm, I haven't heard from, I don't even know if my agent has seen the movie. And I, I you know, I, 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 even hearing myself say that out loud is a little bit depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the truth. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything from my agent. Um, I, I, I don't know if they're aware that it came out to theaters. Um, I haven't heard from, you know, I, I, people have a team in Hollywood. I have an, an attorney that deals with contract stuff and I have an agent. I haven't heard from either one of them. I have, I, I, I've heard from a couple of people under the radar. They'll send me a direct message and saying, wow, you know, had no idea, fist bump kind of, yeah. you yeah. know, but it, but it is, it's a, it's a, it's a little cloak and dagger. It's a little under the radar kind of, yeah. but yeah, no. That's awesome. It's weird. Yeah. I'm yeah. happy. I'm happy. Yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm, I know nothing about acting. I won't pretend to. But 
I think the, that's the method is called uh, method acting, where mm-hmm. people like try to mimic that character twenty four seven. Is that is that right? Yes. Okay. Now, now, just just because I'm married with family, I saw this blank. Uh-huh. Let me just make sure my wife. Good. Good. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so, method acting is uh-huh. that when you is that the process of living that life twenty four seven? Is that what like really getting in the character? You want my honest answer? Yeah. I think it's some made up crap. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what that means. Uh, I, I've heard stories of actors that if they play a homeless guy, they urinate on themselves and they don't bathe for five days. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. It's, it's, it's acting. It's, yeah, you, it's acting. You're yeah. pretending. And and look, I, I, I take pride in my craft. Right. I don't have to force you to call me nefarious every day that I'm on the set, so I don't lose. Co- no, yeah. I mean I'm not joking. I went to Lovato's and I trained after every day of filming. Yeah, people are calling me Sean. Some people on the set wanted Boondock pictures, so we're doing the Boondock <laughs> in between <laughs> in between takes. And then, okay, okay, cool, you got it, cool. Action, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. and a cut, and I, I don't know of any it's a other job, way. Right? It's a job, and yeah. I take it really seriously. Sure, yeah. And look, if there, there ever is a time where somebody interrupts you, you're like, man, I just got to keep this line in my head. Just excuse me for a minute, and I need to keep the line. I, I, I would say that without problem. Yeah. Right. But living it and not being able to do it on command, that just makes you difficult to work with, you yeah. know? I, 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 could, I, would, I, would, I could see that too. I honestly yeah. don't understand it. Yeah. I, I know people do it and they, yeah. or, or they tell these stories. Most actors, they, 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 they credit the, the success of their, their craft, if you will, on some tragic moment in their childhood, you know? I had wonderful parents. My mom, my granddaddy, my mom, my dad were at every sporting event. I talked to my parents, I lost my parents, but I talked to them twice a week, even yeah. in my 40s and 50s, you know, it, it's, it's uh, there is no moment where I wouldn't have had without these traumatic events of my yeah. youth. It's like, nobody diddled me when I was a kid, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's yeah. uh, I don't get it. Yeah. But w- w- whatever you need to hang your coat on right. is, is your own thing. But I, I really think, I really think that most people come up with these stories to make it seem like it's more difficult. Mm, It's a bigger thing. When these people say, man, for that role, I really went to a dark place and it took years off my life. You're speaking Martian to me. (laughs) I I honestly, I don't know what it is. And I I can't say that they're lying, but it's, it's, it's completely foreign to me and it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And for you, I mean, and to me, it seems that wouldn't be necessary, right? You just turn it on when you turn it on. Well, yeah. And, and then I'm, I'm thinking with this role, I mean, how could you? Your wife and kids, I mean, they don't want nefarious in their house uh, having dinner with me. And if, if, <laughs> if, if this goes to FaceTime, I don't care if we're in the middle of a take. I'm like, cut, guys. Hey, what's up, dude? I love you. Daddy's uh, here. Uh, Can I uh, call uh, you right back? All right, yeah. I love you. That's awesome. And we yeah. go into film. Yeah, you back to the evil yeah. demon. Yeah. yeah I, cool. I, 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 I don't know what those actors do. What, what do you do if your kid calls you? Right, you're like locked in. You yeah. can't leave this demon. I, I don't, I yeah. don't get it. Yeah, you hear, you hear. I've, I've heard these <laughs> yeah. stories too. So yeah. we were talking earlier. Just yeah. curious, you know. Yeah, they, thank goodness for your wife and kids that you don't. You don't, that you you don't that do way. this. Yeah, <laughs> well, you don't, they, this they've been on set. They know that it's. I, it's. I, I'm pretending. Have and they I, seen this? As you? Have, no, my kids have not. Okay. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Oh, my wife has. Of course, you wife. Eight and eleven. Actually, Charlie just turned twelve. Eight days ago. What's your wife think? Uh, you know, you know. I mean, this is like we were talking. Done, right? the, the, she gave me the Academy Award, and that's really the one I care about. She's yeah. like in a just world, and I'm like, I, I said, I second it. Well, I appreciate it, man. <laughs> but, you know, it's a people, it's a people who who are in your life that yeah. you wanna yeah. impress, and I want my wife. You know, she's just fucking me up. You even say that. You know, I want her to be proud. Yeah. All my kids to go. My dad did that. You yeah. know. 
That's cool, that's man. the award that I want. You know, yeah. I'm that's a fan of Boondock cool. Saints, man. But this this is a world changing film. I appreciate you, you, it. You change the world. You, this this saves people's literally save people's lives and eternities. Yeah. And uh, and you should you should be proud of that. And your wife should be your family should be proud of you too. What uh, um, what's uh on the radar for you coming up? I, I know we talked a little bit about it. Uh, is there a Boondock Saints three? <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> um, but uh, Reedus is one of my best friends. Yeah, he's actually my best friend in Hollywood. Right. Who he's he's not even in Hollywood anymore. Um, so you know we're 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 in the process of trying to stick something together. I can't. Yeah, nothing official to say yet, but uh, we're yeah. we're we're in the process of moving towards that. Awesome. I know a lot. There's a story about the, uh, and I think this documentary out on it, um, Outlook or something like that. There's a story of the, the guy who wrote the script for Boondock Saints. Overnight. Overnight. Oh, yeah. Overnight. Yeah. Overnight. Yeah. yeah. What's, the, what's the true story behind that? It's, it's a crazy. You know, that, that, that documentary's out there, man. Yeah. You know, there, there, there's no acting in it. Right. So it's, uh, you know, you can do a lot of things with editing. Yeah. But what you see is real. Yeah. You know, that really did happen. You know, Harvey Weinstein uh, bought bought him a bar. Um, and, you know, interesting things can happen in Hollywood. There's so much money, so much opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it can change people. It can bring out the worst. It can sometimes bring out the best. One thing I've prided myself on is I've, you know, love me or hate me. I've always been the same dude. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't changed behaviors. I haven't even changed wardrobe, you know, uh, I, I, and, and I, I, I want my boys to be the same way, you know, you, you dance with the one that brought you, you know, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of that in, uh, in that documentary, yeah. you know, you can see how, how excess can, can corrupt and, and it do- doesn't mean that people haven't recalibrated and seen it and said, wow, oh crap, there's a mirror I'm looking into. Right, right. Didn't expect to see that dude. That doesn't look like me. Yeah. Let me make a course correction, you know, because it did. It illustrated some some things that I think, you know, some people aren't proud of, you know. Yeah. So uh, before we wrap up, what's the, for you, you being a you know, part of Nefarious, what's the biggest, what would you say is the biggest takeaway that you that you want people take away from it um viewers watching it exactly the last sentence that i said about that documentary Mm -hmm. i hope it uh shines a different perspective on things Mm -hmm. maybe makes people recalibrate a little bit maybe reflect on your heart and 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 what what your conscience is really telling you you know a, a, a a different perspective of outlook on the world and the condition of society, uh, the, 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 the parameters that we're surrounding our youth with. It's a different set of rules now. And maybe it'll force people to go, is that a good change? Yeah. Is it a bad change? You know, at, at, at our core, man, I got to tell you, it's, it's living in Hollywood for the last 27 years. They're all like-minded individuals, which is what's crazy. They all get off every plane with duty-free items. And they do that because you don't have to pay taxes on duty-free items. But on Twitter, they're, everybody should pay their fair share. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all, you know, we got a, more money for schooling. 
wouldn't dream of sending their kids to a public school. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't dream of it. Mm-hmm. If, if, if they want to send you an offer for a movie, they wouldn't dream of sending that script to the U.S. Postal Service. They'll FedEx it. They all operate on the same principles. You know, they all put consequences in line for their kids. It, 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 that's what's so bizarre. You know, there's like a public version that they pronounce mm-hmm. and a private version that they conduct their lives with. I heard I you mean, talking about this with your god, your godparent of a of someone uh, in Hollywood, and yet they they trust you. They would trust you with their their child, but they don't want to be a friend on Facebook. Well, it's kind of crazy, right? If, yeah. if, if somebody says, hey, I've known this person for 30 years. Mm-hmm. I know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And if anything happened to me, I want them to raise my child. But then you post on Facebook that if you don't post this image, unfriend me. Mm. Or if you voted this way, unfriend me. Little do they know that the reason you chose me is because you look at my kids and you think, wow, how did you do that? Yeah. Well, they're all principles that you claim to hate. Yeah. What created my kids are all the principles that you publicly denounce. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. You know, every single one of them. We have a friend that, uh, you know, is, is, you know, anti-gun, anti-violence. Like, violence is just wrong in any aspect of the word. Um, he, he was out, got in a, a street confrontation, and his wife called my wife to send me out of the house to beat up this guy. Wow. I mean, if that doesn't sum up everything. Wow. Yeah. It's like you want violence. You don't want to train yourself to be violent. But when you're in danger, call that guy that I hate. Yeah. Call that guy. Every, he's everything that I vote against and hate. But in a time of need, send that guy out. Yeah. It's just truly baffling, man. It really is. It, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a hypocrisy uh, at the core. At, at its yeah. core. It really is. But, you know, I'd love to tell you that all of my friends from Hollywood are wingnuts. They're not. Mm-hmm. But when you look at what they post, right. they, they do appear to be. But mm-hmm. I, 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 I want to send a message to go, brother, we've had supper together. I know that you think this about that, and I know yeah. you think that about that. Yeah. But yet you're posting this stuff that, yeah. that you're, 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 you're telling me to unfriend you. Yeah. That's what's so sad is we've created this, like there's so much fear to, to stand for the truth nowadays. And we need people that are willing to, to stand in, in, in opposition, even though there may be a little bit of you know fear associated with that, or you know that you're uh, yeah. going to encounter some level. Or maybe of there's opposition. going to be consequences too, right? Yeah, maybe there's, there's consequences for standing up for what's right. But you know, I've been, as I speak, I've been talking about this. I have this statement I, I've said a lot lately. Uh, we were in Ukraine, and the teammate was me and this other guy worked together. He's a uh, former uh, Green Beret and, and CIA uh, ground branch guy, phenomenal guy. It's, we we use his nickname Sea Spray. We were being interviewed about why we we're in Ukraine helping and. I don't get into politics of it because I think Zawinski's corrupt and I think every politician's corrupt. We're there to help people, right? And if you let politics get in your way of helping people, then you probably should change your politics. We're there helping people and the interviewer asked me, you know, why are you there helping? And I said, because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to help these people. These people don't ask for this. We're going to help these women and children. And, uh, and then she asked Seaspray, is it worth it? And he immediately said, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. It doesn't have to be worth it to do the right thing. And, uh, and that means that sometimes doing the right thing means consequences. And that's, that's why I was super interested in, in uh, you doing this film, which is the right thing. You, you did the right thing and I applaud you for it. But I was curious if there was consequences. And you know, sometimes God protects us from the consequences. And, and it sounds like in your case, and for this, he did. And I'm, I'm thankful for that too. But there could have been consequences, but you did the right thing anyway. 
and the world needs more people of courage that are willing to do the right thing, even if it's not worth it, even if you don't get the ROI, even if there's consequences, even if it's dangerous. Uh, you need good people to do that. And I'm, I'm super thankful. Well, I, you know, you, you don't know if there's a concerted effort for consequences, but I will tell you this. Uh, we shot this two years ago, December, mm-hmm. um, and I haven't worked since. Now, it's okay. I've done it a long time. I'm out here in Texas. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy. I'm content. We're yeah. good. But I haven't, you know. And that's another thing. It's like it, it all comes down to, you know, doing difficult things. Like when he said it doesn't have to be worth it. Let me tell you, the easiest way to be a parent is to do everything that your child likes. But it starts with even, even before that, just being a coach. Mm-hmm. I have to be willing to make you dislike me, to right. steer you yeah. towards the right things. Yeah. And I have to do it with my kids as well. Mm-hmm. And I have to be willing to make you claim you dislike me. It's the age-old adage, you know, you, you, you stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Yeah. It's like at my core, I, I, I can't lie to myself mm-hmm. or who I see when I look in the mirror or to my, who my family right, knows me to be. Kids, yeah. They're yeah. going to watch these interviews. One day my kids are going to go, why did you say that on the interview? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you speak up about, Yeah. I mean, my first loyalty is to my kids who look up to me. And all the things that I've preached to them, God forbid someday they see footage of me being the opposite. Yeah. I, I, I can't. My kids mean more than a Hollywood producer that's maybe going to give me another job. They just yeah. do. Well, we're, we're definitely thankful for yeah. it. And I we're, love that despite despite Hollywood, the movie was, Tavares <laughs> was a huge, obviously, a huge yeah. hit, which gives me hope. Yeah, honestly. gives me hope. You know, it it is. You know, the, the amount of people that are online and speaking kindly of it, and man, I got to tell you, my currency is in Twitter, which I hardly ever, I, I quit using, man. And I just, yeah. you know. It's the direct messages on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. People are pouring their heart out, man. And I realize that, man, there's a lot of people out there that agree with this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That are just as shocked at at where society is as I am. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's that's a that's a a good good portion of the currency. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, man, uh, again, appreciate you. Super proud of your courage to do that. And uh, I want to train. So anytime, brother. Anytime. Yeah, we got we got to do it. We're we're neighbors, so now now we're uh, friends, and uh, we're gonna get together, get in a match. Love to, brother. Yeah. Love to. Like yeah, mix it up. as well. Thanks, brother. Yep. Appreciate it. Yep. Absolutely. Let's do it. Well, uh, Sean Patrick Flannery, guys, is, is staying dangerous. If you hadn't seen Nefarious, get out, watch it, share the message uh, of this film because it's it's a world changing film, uh, a kingdom changing film for those of uh, who share uh, the faith as believers, and uh, it's gonna save a lot of lives and save a lot of eternities. Help us get it out there. Uh, Sean, thanks again for having you on, brother. My pleasure, man. Anytime. Awesome.